Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this episode, I'll be speaking with Peter Diodario, VP of Sales at Carling Technologies, about current trends in operator interface designs. Let's take a listen now. We'll start with that first question about um, whether there were any specific trends the company is seeing in regards to operator cab or interface designs for compact equipment. Um, what's maybe driving, what are those trends and what's driving them? Uh, yeah, actually, we've been seeing uh, um, a lot of, lot of trends. Uh, I think you have to step back and take a look at what's happening in the industry as a whole, uh, not only in the construction industry, but in the uh, uh, on and off highway, as well as automotive industry, um, there's a there's a big change going on uh, in vehicle architectures, and we're seeing we're seeing that this decade will probably be the most most disruptive decade in history when it comes to when it comes to um, vehicle architectures, <clears throat> and that's driven by uh, uh, several things. It's it's what they call the ACEs, the autonomous driving, connected vehicles electrification of the powertrains and shared mobility all of those all of those combined uh, are, are leading to this this change in, in architectures um, based on the four the four things that I mentioned and one of the good things about that is is that uh, when they're you know these companies they these OEMs are going to need suppliers that are going to be able to uh, provide that type of service uh, in software development, uh, ECUs and DCU controls, sensors, power electronics, and switches and controls. And if you take a look at Carling, um, we tick all the boxes. So mm-hmm. when these OEMs are looking for suppliers, they know that Carling can can offer those types of services. So uh, stepping from there, we talk about the construction equipment. So what's happening in the construction equipment? It's getting smarter. It's, uh, it's digitization, connectivity, and automation are they're really driving the development, and that's based on what I mentioned earlier. And all that all that technology is now trickling down into the um, compact equipment. And uh, so, when we talk about trends in, in the in, in the compact equipment, everything is based on uh, on the changes in the architecture, uh, with the goals of basically. Um, uh, uh, providing continuous improvement and continuous improvement in uptime productivity and efficiency. So everything we really talk about is, is really driven by those things, um, uptime productivity and efficiency, and also total cost of ownership. We want to keep that down. So <clears throat> talking about the trends, what we're seeing, the HMI devices are becoming more complex. Mm. We're getting multiple functions in a single device. And in some cases, uh, the abilities of the operator able to use these devices without having to look at them. So as they're, as they're using these devices, they're able to continue to uh, keep their eyes on what they're doing, uh, being safe, and being, being more productive. Some of these products that we're talking about, uh, we're talking about joysticks, we're talking about uh, what I call jog switches or eye drives, or there's a variety of different terms for these types of products. Also, um, keypads, uh, multifunction displays, everything we're, anything that's going to have multiple functions in one, one product. 
So these are some of the things we're starting to see happening. And uh, to, to, to uh, drive these devices, the, the architecture itself is changing. So they're moving away from uh, or eliminating point-to-point -point, uh, harnessing. So if, if you reduce the, the, the points of contact, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're uh, reducing the, the weight, the amount of wire and connection, and you're improving the quality um, and the number of point and reducing the number of uh, potential failure points. So what's happening is this, this is introducing a multiplex network, either CAN or LIN or some other device that could be CAN open in Europe, things like this, which, which also introduces digitalization of information. Um, so those are some of the things that some of the trends we're seeing. Um, when you when you introduce CAN a CAN network or multiplex network, you're also now connecting the vehicle. You're able to connect the vehicle to the internet or to the to, to the cloud. And when you do that, you're introducing diagnostics, preventative maintenance. Uh, you're also decreasing the amount of relays. Um, you're able to introduce GPS, uh, rear cameras, um, things like that. Things that are now being able to monitor the vehicle, where it's at, uh, how it's operating, uh, what's the performance level, when it's the time to um, service the vehicle, things like that. <clears throat> so connecting the vehicle is very, very important, and we're seeing that as well in telematics. Mm -hmm. We're also what also we're finding is is that. Uh, they're improving the comfort. Now, <clears throat> when I talk about comfort, they're, they're in some cases, they're starting to add cabs uh, to these uh, compact equipment. They're, they're, um, uh, they're adding more comfort features like air conditioning, uh, heat, um, better, better quality seats or more comfortable seats, and also infotainment. Uh, this is all being driven to improve efficiency and uptime and reduce fatigue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. I don't know. I, I know that's that's part of the cab. Now, when you talk about uh, uh, the vehicle itself, there's also a, a drive towards fuel efficiency and an acceleration of electric vehicles, basically mm -hmm. the, driving the, the green initiatives worldwide and supporting climate change. So these are some of the things we're starting to see as well in, in, right. in the vehicle itself. But, okay. Uh, right. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that um, you guys are seeing more of the like multifunction controls or displays. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that and um, sort of the benefits? Or I know you kind of were going into a little bit of why, but maybe can we okay. go into that a little bit more, expand mm -hmm. on that a bit. Yeah, you, you have you have limited space in a vehicle. Uh, right. Number one, um, and, and number two, you, you have an operator who's sitting. Uh, working this machine, this person needs to be able to keep his eyes on what he's doing and, and continually work. So what he needs, or this person needs, is um, the functionality in, in, in his hands, basically. Uh, he wants to be able to uh, have um, uh, access by, at his fingertips on, uh, on, the, on the functions that he needs to do. And so what, he, what we're doing is we're applying multiple functions in one device, where before you used to see um, single uh, a row of rocker switches or a row of push button switches or or rotary switches uh, all throughout the cab, these the, all these functions are now being combined into a single device or one or two devices. 
so that the the operator has everything right at his fingertips. He doesn't have to search for anything throughout the cab. He knows where that function is, and he can he can access those functions without having to look at them. He knows where they are. They're right there. It's mm-hmm. much more ergonomic in in the cab by having everything combined into one device or two devices. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Is there, yes. Is there, yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so are there any special considerations that need to be taken into account when developing operator interface components or systems specifically for compact equipment? Or is it kind of the same considerations for all sizes of equipment? Or just kind of what are the considerations? Or are they, have they changed yeah. What, well, what you what you need to do, uh, I guess this this falls under all construction equipment. But when you okay. when you start introducing multiplex systems into a vehicle into the compact equipment, now you're you're introducing electronics and electrical devices and software. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start introducing this type of uh, of um, technology, you have to take into account functional safety. Functional safety is extremely important. Um, and it takes a special uh, company to be able to develop a product that meets functional safety requirements. <clears throat> functional safety uh, uh, basically requires extra development time, uh, an extra study time uh, for the hardware, software, and for the testing of the device. So when the, when the supplier is developing this product or, or, or has already developed this product, <clears throat> he has it developed to a specific uh, functional safety level. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, this could be uh, they call it a, a safety in- integrated uh, level or an ASO level, and these these are categorized in, in four levels: A, B, C, and D. Uh, a being the lowest degree, D being the highest degree of hazard, and these are requirements um, uh, to ensure safety of the of these of the um, operator and uh, reduce any damage or health directly or indirectly from the, the function being used. It basically reduces risk, but by doing this, it, it requires special development of the specific um, software and hardware to be able to meet the requirements that the, that the OEM wants for a specific need. For example, if you have a, if you have a electronic park brake that's, that's uh, inside the cab, uh, that, that'll probably have a higher functional safety level of, uh, of a C or D because if that malfunctions, that vehicle could continue to move. It could harm somebody or, or kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, you, what we do is you would have to dev- design specific uh, circuits to meet that specific uh, uh, functional safety level, and sometimes introducing redundant redundant. Uh, uh, features in the in the uh, in the device. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is that something then you guys is that just something you integrate into the products that you offer, or would you work together with an OEM to help ensure that? Or I guess if we could maybe kind of go into yeah. that process mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, it's both. It's it's a combination yeah. of both. Um, as we start to, at Carling, as we start to develop more multiplex products. We are introducing uh, functional safety levels uh, into those products. Uh, it's becoming very, very important, and uh, uh, requirements are, are becoming uh, much more strict. So we, 
we invested heavily into this in the functional safety area. We have a functional safety manager on staff to ensure that the, the designs and the testing um, and the development is done correctly. Um, so we, we, we would do that for some of our newer products that develop, we're developing. And also uh, as we work with uh, an OEM on a, on a specific device that might be custom for their specific application. What happens is sometimes we have, we have a standard device that, that we offer in the market, but uh, the OEM wants, a, wants some changes to it. So we have to repackage it to meet their requirements, a, 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 an aesthetic change, a size change, things like that. Um, so as we do those things, uh, we, would, we, would, we would make that change based on the requirements of the OEM. He would, he would tell us what, what, what the uh, functional safety level would be, and we would ensure that the design is, is, is created to meet that requirement. And not only designed to meet that requirement, you have to keep the documentation available to be able to uh, uh, access at any time. So it's, it's, constantly, it's a constant uh, uh, process. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, um, I think just the last question I have is um, if you guys have any sort of insight into how you see the operator interface or cab designs progressing or evolving in the future or just even in the next like five to ten years? Mm -hmm. the, yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, it, the compact, compact construction equipment is going to follow um, the heavy equipment, the large equipment. Mm -hmm. um, what, what you're seeing basically, is you see a trickle down from the heavy equipment uh, down to the compact equipment as uh, costs come down. Uh, some of the, the features that couldn't be afforded in the in the um, compact equipment previously is now now becoming cost effective to be able to do so. So we're seeing that trickle down effect. The other thing that uh, I should have mentioned uh, when. When, when they design these uh, new compact equipment, uh, they're designing it for a new breed of, of operators as well. And what we call, we call these, this new breed is basically the Xbox generation. Mm. These are the people that, that uh, have everything at their fingertips, are able to, to manipulate and operate multifunctional devices very easily. Not only are they they're capable of doing that, they're expecting it. They're, they, they're looking for the bells and whistles. They're looking for the comfort. They're looking for the abilities to be able to easily operate a, a vehicle. And, and they, they do that based on the, the, the types of products they're grown up with. And those are Xboxes or, or Playstations where they have multiple functions in these control panels. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, a, that's a very important consideration when they, when they design these um, uh, uh, equipment as well. Um, because what they want to be sure that they do is they, they, they keep their attention, they keep their, um, their focus, um, and, they, and, they, and they keep them, they retain them so that they don't jump to other, other, um, other um, companies. Right. So, um, and the other thing is, is that in the future, what you're seeing is that there is a drive towards autonomous vehicles. So as you drive towards autonomous vehicles, the amount of... Um, uh, functions inside the cab will start to change considerably. Even the look in the cab will change or the cab will, will, uh, will uh, be eliminated altogether. Um, that, that's an area that's, that's still under development. It depends on, on who's developing the, the, the cab or the vehicle and what the mandates from the governments are going to be. 
government mandate is going to be very, very important to determine what's going to be in that cab or if there is going to be a cab or not, if they'll accept mm-hmm. it or not, and where the, where the vehicle is going to be used as well. If, it, if the vehicle is going to be used in an area that's uh, highly populated in an urban, urban area, then there probably is going to have to be some sort of override and have some sort of cab and override in the event that there's a, there's a problem with the autonomous vehicle. If, if the vehicle is used in a, in a rural area or like an enclosed area, like in a um, uh, shipyard or, or something like that, uh, then the, the, the chances are that um, uh, a cab won't be needed. But those, those things are still under discussion. The, the, that's going to be shake, uh, shaken out in the next few years probably as, as more and more development uh, uh, occurs and more and more uh, testing occurs. But uh, you, could have, you, know, you could have a reduced amount of functions in the cab all the way down to not having a cab at all, depending on, on uh, the future applications of these, of these products. Right. Yeah, that's something I've been wondering for a while because we've seen some of the cabless autonomous concept vehicles. So how, yeah. how would that impact operator interface manufacturers like Carling, would you guys have to shift what you produce or would your products be used in another way for like another component for say it was like a remote controller for that piece of machinery or I don't know if you have well, any thoughts. Yeah. Or something one of the things I mentioned at the beginning, uh, I talked about the, the change in the architecture and, right. and it was driven by a variety of different uh, functions, uh, autonomous, autonomous, autonomous driving, excuse me, uh, connected vehicles, and shared mobility. And when you, when you take a look at that, what's required is, is uh, software development and integration and, and, the, and the increased demand or requirements for uh, domain control units, uh, ECUs, and controllers, mm-hmm. sensors, power electronics, and switches. Carling is Carling is shifting. We we've already been shifting our business for the last few years to address uh, a lot of these things. We see the we see that the the amount of switches or the types of switches uh, used in a cab will be reduced uh, over time, um, and we've been we've been uh, planning our business accordingly to address that. We are already developing uh, um, uh, HMI devices that have multiple functions. Uh, like, like, for example, jog switches, keypads, um, operator control modules. If you take a look at the Carling uh, um, portfolio right now, you will see on the HMI side that we probably um, offer uh, probably the best lineup of, of standard off-the-shelf multiplex products uh, for the market today. And what that allows us to support our very small OEMs, as well as uh, introduce uh, the technology to the larger OEM that wants to make some modifications or make some adjustments or design changes. Now, talking about that, we also have been moving more towards the control modules, uh, the I.O. modules, the uh, um, domain control modules that communicates with uh, HMI products and communicates within the vehicle. The the architecture within the vehicle is going to – increase where there's going to be more smaller controllers and gateways that will be able to communicate with all the different uh, ECUs within the vehicle. 
we have that we're we, we're developing those those capabilities in some cases we already have some of those um, control modules uh, uh, we also have um, uh, experience very good experience in power electronics uh, it's one of our core businesses mm -hmm. so we are we are shifting as the as the industry shifts we we recognize switching uh, switch devices or HMI devices uh, in, in some cases could completely go away and we need to be prepared for that. So if you take a look at our, our portfolio, you can see you can see how we we've shifted our business and we are moving in those directions so that we can offer a, a portfolio of different types of products to our our customers. We have a very good advantage. We have a very strong customer base in the in the off-road uh, segment. And we uh, many of those customers we've had uh, relationships with for, for over 25 years. And we expect to continue those those um, relationships as we adjust our business portfolio or product portfolio to do that. Mm -hmm. So our XP, you know, we, we've we've invested heavily in functional safety, uh, which is also required not only for the HMI products but also for the control units. Um, and uh, so we have to have that expertise, and we have that on board now, and we are we are expanding that that specific area of, of product. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of OEM Industry Update. Thank you again to Peter for providing his insights into operator interface design trends. And be sure to tune in each week for another episode to stay up to date on our ever-changing industry.